0: Hi.
1: So I've been having this experience um, this week several times where um, I feel like all um, will and agency has just dropped away. And um, when I get, when I'm in this place where, I, so for, for me, the word is will because I like my whole life has been driven by will, like everything that I do, and the fact that I'm so attached to doing. And um, my whole self-worth and my whole identity is around doing. And so I've been having these experiences this week where it's like it's all gone. It's just it's just like there's this, it just bottoms out the will, the agency, it's just like gone. And then when this happens, I feel um, like there's no justification for me existing anymore. like, what's going on here? What's the point? So I just, the way, I, the way I've been responding to it is just kind of waiting for my body to say, okay, I'm ready to do, you know, just to do what what arises. Um, but it's it's really, it's been a little disconcerting, not a lot, but it's definitely been like this, this total emptiness.
0: Okay. Kim, do you want to um, start or do you want me to start?
2: Oh, yeah, you can go, Angelo.
0: Okay. So I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple uh, because <clears throat> because this is a simple issue. Um, and that is when you said that I've been a doer all my life, I've been the one making things happen and felt very identified with that. That's not uncommon. I would say everybody has has that identification as a doer it may or may not be as prominent in their thought process, but it's, the identification is, is strong around that control doing coping mechanisms, all of it. When you see through it, uh, it's very obvious that it's not there, but it's also, it can be obvious that it was never there. So you're not really losing anything actually. Um, you're sort of seeing through an illusion. Uh, so, that's one part of it. The other thing I wanted to say is you, you said, you know, well, what's the point? Like you kind of sit there and think, well, what's the point now? Right. The, the, the illusion of doership or agency and the illusion of meaning or purpose are often tied together. And again, it has to do with how we in particular tend to process and think through things. Um. Okay. Sorry. I was just checking on the mutes. So it depends on, on the person, how prominent that is, but, but often that's, The case is when we see through the sense of doership, we also see through, but it can be a little bit of a delay to see through the sense of meaning and purpose as if we need to name the purpose of life to live a life. But when you see you were never the one living life, life is living itself, what's the point in purpose and meaning either? These are also just abstractions. They're just fabrications of the mind. They're a little bit distracting, if anything. so, so you don't really have to worry about that because it's as illusory as the sense of a doer apart from reality doing anything. It's just reality. It's just the flow of experience um, that's happening and that's clear. Uh, with that shift, sometimes there can be um, a sort of decrease in frantic activity or busy activity or unnecessary activity or distracting activity. There can be a, like a sudden decrease in it, but there isn't always. Um, with that sudden decrease, then that can even give us a little more concern. Like maybe I should be doing something I'm not doing, but what you're just starting to get used to as this is happening is this is the, the, the truth that you don't have to react to a little bit of discomfort or a little bit of restlessness with activity, especially when it's distracting unnecessary activity. And that's what we do all the time. So, so this realization at the level of mind and illusion, the illusion of the doer and the illusion of the separate one and the illusion of meaning and purpose. Uh, there's a c- correlation in the physical and, and that's the body mind has less of a not, has less of a reaction to restlessness or to even calm. Uh, we, we just start to settle into that in a different way. So at first, it, it's a bit of a transition. as you said, it's not super distressing, but it can be kind of unsettling. Um, give it some time and you'll find you would not want to go back. You wouldn't want to go back to that, that world of frantic activity of the mind and doership and second, because it comes with second guessing yourself. When you think you're in control, there's, it's just tied to the next time you feel out of control. Like it's, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Right. And you're moving out of that world and you will find exactly what you said that you will still move around. The body will still get up and do things. It might have a period of calm for a while. It may have a period of decreased activity but that's fine you'll still take care of your responsibilities you'll still eat you'll still move around and and then you'll start to move from an intuit an intuition that is not based on these storylines of meaning purpose self apart and then you i find that's when le- the the realization process really starts to pay off in a sense because you're just moving so naturally now and and you tr- and you're tr- learning what trust really is deep trust and faith in this process or just in life so those are the things i have to say Kim may have something else to add.
2: Yeah, I think, um, isn't it funny how we we derive purpose from being the doer in life? Whereas what Angelo said was exactly that. There never was a doer, and when you can see through that that illusion there of the ego always striving, always wanting to do something, what you'll find underneath is is that that deep trust, the the, the stillness. That's always been there. And that stillness, that quietness, that becomes, I guess, you know, the loudest thing in the room, the loudest thing you'll ever hear. You know, so it is it is trusting trusting what you're feeling and knowing that letting letting the doer fall away is the most freeing thing you can actually experience. So let mm-hmm. it fall away. Let it let it just go. You know, I guess that's the best advice I could I could offer. I don't just
1: feel like choice. Do I know <laughs> the truth? I I don't feel like I have a choice. It's like it's just happening, and it, it's it's through my whole body. It's like my arms are just you know they just want to be limp. <laughs> I mean listlessness and this is all things that have been an anathema to me my whole life and here I am just totally like just totally there just like there's nowhere to go and nothing to do I'm just here
2: yeah I think I along with the doer getting let go of it also almost releases your body from being the doer or the doing activity is also released through the body as well. So just feel, feel it, and let it, let it just relax your whole body, and let that doer almost pass through you like it was, um, like you're just letting the wind blow through your hair. Just let that ego, that let that doer, just release itself from your body, from your mind. There's nothing to be afraid of. there's nothing to be scared of. just let it all go. doesn't matter what your mind says in that moment of oh, but I have to do this and I have to do that and I've got so much to do. I've got so much responsibility, you know what it's all that's all thought you know that right yeah yeah, yeah so just but um, that I can still do
1: it's just it feels like I'm just doing it more hollowly yeah if that makes any sense
2: yeah beautiful
1: i feel hollowed out
2: beautiful that hollowness will start to feel really full too Mm. Mm. but hollowness you know you could say hollowness you could make it into a negative term but once something's completely empty, it can be completely full.
1: Okay. Well, I have to go with completely empty first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I am right now is, is emptying. Yeah. But I trust it. I mean, I, it feels fine. It's just very different. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Cool. Beautiful. Thank you. I that was do. a great question okay let's see let's go to rose
3: hello hello Doctor thank you hi uh, i didn't expect you to call me so soon <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i um so i um raise my hand because i just wanted to um, just if you have any tips or additional insight i wanted to um i was work doing a little bit of the work by byron katie um i'm working with krisky uh doing some awakening sessions with her
1: um uh, and- <laughs>
3: She really, she's really good. And is so, so spot. Um, sometimes uh, Angela says to stay in the senses, but then sometimes, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit more work to be done before you can kind of go off into the unknown. <laughs> um, and I think that might be where I am. Um, been a lot about, okay, well, that thought's there. Do you believe that thought? Are you sure it's true? Uh, you know, and then who would you be without that thought? This kind of inquiry. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe just I think I'm just asking for any any extra tips in supporting that place that I'm in in the process. What have it?
0: <laughs> Kim, do you have anything?
2: Um I I guess I didn't hear much of it. the the you know um I couldn't hear the full question unfortunately the internet was sort of really bad and you were breaking up but um yeah in regards to staying in the senses angelo will always point to staying in the senses and really once once you can get out of your mind and into the body that's really all there is and the senses can be quite um quite enticing quite enjoyable but you have to allow you actually have to allow the mind to go there because the mind will or your ego your um, the thoughts will always want to stay in the mind. But if you can release your your the thoughts and just drop everything into the body, that's really all you need to do. And Angelo points to that again and again and again. And it is so true. Um, I'm not familiar with Byron Katie. I haven't really seen much of her work. Um, but senses all the way, all the way.
0: Okay yeah i I tend to agree but i'll add one thing and that is as kim said there can be a tremendous pull to thought pull to the mind and if you just notice that that's so insatiable that that you you just you can't stay in the senses for more than a few seconds or something whatever very short times and or you're just distracted all day long with thoughts then it, it is helpful to do these kinds of inquiries byron katie i think has a good inquiry but what you what you described is exactly it it's very simple um all it's doing is releasing attention, showing you that, that that thought is not nearly as important as it seems, right? It seems compelling, but the more you look at it from different angles, which is her work's kind of good at that, is more you see like, it's not really what I think it is. It's not so reliable. And also it, it drives you right to the question, well, who am I without it? What am I without it? What's happening without that thought being believed or being true or being anything I need to pay attention to? There's really nowhere else to go, but the senses and in, in the body is... The first stop, because the aversion we, we without realizing it, we have an aversion to feeling. Really, um, it's a it's actually quite a simple thing. It, it plays out in in complex emotional landscapes and so forth. But the, the simplicity of it is, we have an aversion where our attention wants to bounce out of the body into the mind, especially when we're triggered, feeling intense emotions, etc. But as a practice, as an adjunctive practice to anything else you're doing. You can always let attention rest in the body. It's very, very valuable. Even if you don't see the effects right away, even if it doesn't make any sense to the mind, it doesn't actually matter. You're, you're still doing it. So let your attention drop into that and, and explore the space of you. Sometimes people talk about self-love or not abandoning yourself and things like that. Um, It can be sticky to talk about that kind of thing because we have a lot of unmet needs in, in our psyche that thinks we need love from a person or whatever but what what i really mean when i'm talking about this kind of self-love or this don't abandon yourself is don't abandon the sense of yourself don't abandon just the sense of being in the body to be, of being alive the aliveness of the physical sense so so that's what it means to not abandon yourself is to keep attention in that you know and don't beat yourself up if you can't do it constantly at first because you won't be able to but it's always valuable for sure and over time it will become a more and more of a a sort of anchor um and then then a, just a pleasure and then at some point you realize there was, you were never out of it, never apart from it. There's no separate anything, you know? Um, and you'll reside in the senses and then the senses open up to what Kim said earlier, the, the, the hollowness or the emptiness opens to a kind of fullness. That's very difficult to talk about. It's not a fullness that the mind can perceive at all. It's just completely beyond that. Um, but it's rather, mm, rather a gift actually. Yeah. Very enjoyable.
1: Okay.
3: All right, I'll go there then. (laughs) Thank you very
0: much. Yeah, thank you, great question. Okay, that was Rose. Let's go to Labina.
4: Hey, Angelo. Hey. Hey. Uh, Sorry if there's some background noise, I'm in a cafe. I found a quiet corner, but there might be some noise. Um, This is kind of a post-retreat check-in sort of thing. so at the retreat, lot's happened, <laughs> but um, I felt pretty clear, you know? And then coming back that stage for a while, like to the point where it was, it was actually a little distortive just to be in my regular environment. Like I forgot where the grocery store was and stuff like that, But <laughs> was, which was trippy. Cause I was like, where, where am I? I don't even know where I am. Um, And then that lasted not very long. Um, And then I entered this like really intense energetic movement, which my mind initially interpreted as like fear, right? And the fear had a very specific story of survival attached to it. That's kind of like the go-to story that my mind likes to play around with, right? And it was continuous. It was nonstop. And the body was like, it was, it was really very intense. And it lasted about three or four days, almost the, the, the severe level of feelings of anxiety and the, it was such nonstop mind activity. I almost felt like there was an entity attacking me from, from in here somewhere, you know, and then something happened and there was something that recognize like oh I'm doing this to myself I can stop any moment and it just like (laughs) dropped and it wasn't like I did it it was just like something came and it was like oh what, what what just happened you know and I was a little bit dumbfounded because I was suffering so intensely for three days not like or longer I don't even remember it was just awful um, and then what remained was the sensations in the body and the fear. And the fear now had like no story behind it. Like there was this, the story was there in the background, but it was more in the foreground, like the sensational purity of the fear. And as I went, like as, I, as kind of a release into it happened, it turned into this like grief and it felt very impersonal and felt like I was feeling the pain of the world that's what it felt like and that's been continuously what's coming up um I I remember after the retreat very briefly talking to you and saying the inquiry that had come up for me was what is the nature of unconditional love and it just feels like my heart is just breaking open and just feelings are pouring out and I feel like there's nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, it feels like very raw and overwhelming. And then the mind likes to latch on to this story of like, but am I awake or not awake? I don't know, like, is this awakening? Is this like, what what's happening? <laughs> it's, it's really quite ridiculous. And then today, earlier today, I had the sense that there was just one thought separating me from everything and that sort of freaked me out a little bit because I was like, wait, I feel like that thought is the only thing that's sort of holding everything together. And the fear came up again and then the whole thing started all over again. But now I'm not, I don't don't know how to explain it. Now I'm not like fighting it as much before it felt like there was all this stuff to it. But, you know, my mind does not want to let go of the story of, am I awake? Am I not awake? Is this clarity? Is this emotion? What am I feeling? But when I really let it go, it's just like this pure, healing and it's just like like yeah so that's that's just where
0: i'm at yeah a lot a lot of identity structure dropping out that's what it feels like and okay it's awesome you know it's great that's what you're here for it, it there's no there's not gonna be a map for this like you can't really compare what you're going through to anything anyone else has said it's going to match up because it's so Im- impossible to talk about it in one way it's like may feel very personal and impersonal at the same time. Um, it can feel like just a really deep energetic release. And there can even be a thought component. The mind's still trying to get traction, but it, it never can. So it's okay that thoughts are there, of course. And they're they're kind of at this point probably silly to you almost. And there's going to be some emotion components to it. But underneath it all, what I feel when you describe this is a lot of energetics, a lot of and a lot of yeah. deep, a lot of deep release. So I think you're oriented to it very well it feels like perfect. Yeah. That's great. It, it, this won't last forever. You know, this, this intense energetic roller coaster or whatever, it doesn't last forever, but it'll last as long as it lasts. And as you probably into it, it's not like you can do anything about it. So you're, you're in a, I think you're in a very good place, but when you're at those sort I of mean, deep identity structures this is what it feels like. Yeah.
4: It also feels like I, the different components of shame come up, um, memories come up, but, <laughs> sort of yeah like you said it's it's just a lot of energetics overall I guess yeah it's Mm. the best way to describe
0: it yeah Yeah. yeah Kim may have something to say as well
2: no I think it's really beautiful what you just described with feeling the pain of the world and you've got this release of all these emotions at the moment and I think Sometimes we like to think the release of emotions is a bad thing, but it can be such a beautiful place to be just to let all that, um, let it all go and just, you know, let all those emotions run through, let the doubt be there, let the fear be there, you know, cry, whatever you need to do. I think it's so beautiful. I think, you know, what Angelo said was exactly, you know, you're in such a good place. And it really is just a matter of feeling everything to its end. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it can can be, it can be, um, Oh, how do I say it? Like at this stage of things, it can be so unpredictable in a way. It's, it's just so off the map. Like, I know that feeling of just being off the map. Like, should I be doing something? Should I be doing nothing? I don't know. Like, you don't know how to orient yourself to it anymore. Yeah, that's fine because you can't and you never have oriented yourself to this. This is just what's happening, but it's powerful. It's a very powerful process that's been underway for a long time. And now it's just coming full on in your experience into consciousness without without many filters anymore. And that's fine. There's nothing you can do or need to do. Just, you know, to the degree you can um, embrace it, feel it.
4: It even feels like physically this. Sense of like something just I don't, anyway, mm-hmm. but um, I do feel like I I trust it in even within all of this. There's like a, a trust developing that has like no real footing to it. Mm-hmm. It's just coming out of nowhere, so yeah, going with it. But that's what the post. That's what the retreat did, Angelo. Thank you. <laughs>
0: You're welcome. It was a powerful retreat energetically for many, many people. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. I was, I'm very grateful for everyone who was there and and for you and Violet and the team.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you were there. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Soren. Hey. Hey. Um, Hey.
5: Uh, I'm in my car right now, so that's why it's a bit dark in the,
0: in the light. So great, and it's almost
5: mid almost midnight.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for coming. I, anyways, I try not to put these all this late in the evening for Europeans, but I kind of switch them yeah. between that and people from the Asia and Australia. Uh, it's better time for them. So
5: it's it's okay. It's fine.
0: Um, anyway. Um,
5: well, things is there's definitely things happening, uh, but it's a little bit difficult to talk about because I it's it's a bit jumbling uh, all the thoughts and uh, the things that's happening. Um, I think a little bit of background might be uh, something I, I need to to say. Um, the thing is that I've really come into contact with uh, deep uh, stuff in in the uh, in the brain body. To use, uh, well, I forgot his name. <laughs> his name, um, Eckhart, Eckhart, Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, yeah. His his name for it. Well, um, and it has to do with, uh, of course, my my uh, parents and especially my father. So um, it's it's that theme. Um, and very short. Uh, my father has always been a very very dominating uh type of person and which stems from also he having a very bad childhood and then trying not to create that kind of a family for himself in, and then of course creating that kind of a of, of family too so that's, that's kind of the the background from it and um but I've been working on that for for many years, even going to therapy, uh, and uh, it has helped quite a lot. And especially after my awakening uh, years ago, and uh, and and especially this year, uh, doing all this this non-dual thing, work, whatever it is, uh, has really, really released and unfolded uh, a lot of these thought thought structures that. Uh, that uh, were that were creating these deep emotional um, feelings uh, and um, I would say in in the last few months, it has been it has been the easiest time uh, for me um, being with my with my father and my parents uh, despite uh, they hasn't changed, and in, in fact, it has only gotten worse for for both of them. They have failing health and depression, and my mother is also uh, has an onset dementia, and uh, so things are, are getting worse for them. But for me, it's been uh, it's been very easy because I've it's it's I've, I'm seeing clearly that whatever I've been feeling. It has all, all of it has just been my own thought structures. There stupid thoughts that has created whatever I've been feeling in here. But, and then there is, of course, this, but, um, my father did, uh, then did something really stupid and, uh, that has brought a lot of lies betrayals and deceit into the into the family structure and um, this kind of these one of these things that could actually tear family apart. and um, on a personal no on a personal uh, experience, it's like, well, I could just withdraw myself and then I would be out of this drown. and uh, I, I feel with myself that that's that would be quite easy for me to do because. I, I do have a lot of feelings right now and you could probably also sense that uh, a lot of emotions going on here but it's also very clear to me that everything that's happening is' also based because of my own thoughts about what's going on in the family so it's that's that's a very clear thing seeing about that um that is but my the thing is that currently if if um because of the way, the, the situation that my mother is in, where it's very difficult for her to take care of herself because of dementia and failing off, I, I sometimes actually have to step in and become some kind of a buffer or, or a protection for her uh, uh, because of the way that she is treating her. Um, it's very difficult. He doesn't treat me me that very badly because uh, I've at one point managed to actually set some boundaries that makes it even even more. Um, he hurts himself actually if he's tr- if he try to to be uh, if he's, he's if he's not treating me well. It's it's actually uh, it's something that it becomes even more uh, uncomfortable for him to do that because of some boundaries that I've set, but. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of right now I'm trying to find myself into a new kind of balance. Where at one point, well, if I withdraw myself from the situation, I would easily find my my own center again. But then I'm also having this one foot into where I feel like, like I can't withdraw myself because of other people actually getting hurt because of what's going on. So. I don't know exactly what what the question is here, uh, other than perhaps another perspective on how I uh, should actually uh, deal with this situation in, in inside myself, so I can kind of keep my balance uh, while also not abandoning the people who are getting hurt in the relative world.
0: Yeah. i just have something brief to say and then we can turn it over to kim too but first of all i just want to say obviously you have a tremendous amount of compassion for the whole situation and that's great you know that helps a lot even when things are confusing and there is no there's often no obvious good solution there's a maybe better than the other one possibly a little bit better and you got to weigh all that out and figure it out but there's no like wave your magic wand and all of a sudden. You know, your mom's okay and your dad's okay and you're okay. So, so this is, these are the major challenges of life and also kind of where the rubber meets the road with realization, because you, you can wake up to, to spaciousness. You can wake up to the absolute, you can wake up to being untouched by everything in a, in a very real way. And it's a huge relief when that happens, but that's not the end. That's the beginning. The, you know, this is, this is like the, where the rubber meets the road is how do you bring that forth into dynamic situations, unpredictable situations, situations where there is no really good answer. No matter how you look at it, it's probably not a great answer, but there's maybe somewhat better answers, um, or, or processes or ways of reacting or moving through the situation or whatever. So, um, so that's your challenge, you know, your challenge is to, to, to bring as much clarity and heart into every moment uh, that you can. And I, I'll give you a very simple formula It's not always going to be possible, but it's, it's, it's the most helpful I can think of. And that is in these dynamic situations, first of all, accept the fact that it's dynamic changing. Um, there's not going to be a perfect answer at all. There's not going to be a fully deeply satisfying answer for everyone. Um, and just accept that and accept the fact that it's also mysterious. You don't know what you're going to, the next time you encounter your father, you don't know what you're not going to really know what's there. Just like the next time you encounter your mother, you really aren't going to know what's there. You'd, you won't even, you can't even know your own, <clears throat> your own responses to things. All you can know is that there's a mystery here and it's right in front of your face and it's right in the body and you can feel it through the sense fields. Um, and just give yourself permission to stay with those really stay with those. Um, and when you're not in these situations with your mother and father, which are very challenging and you find yourself wanting to think about it or turn it over in your mind, go into the body go into the mist, the real mystery that's right here and trust that it will bring the right answers and responses when the time comes and it will more and more, but you, but you have to start by accepting the fact there's no great answer here now. And, and that's sometimes the challenge of life and that's okay too. That's, that's actually okay too. And the more you accept that, the more you can actually find pleasure in navigating challenging situations when there's no great answer. And, and, and you're not completely, you don't have the, you know, um, you don't have the necessarily the tools to fix this you don't no one probably does actually and that's okay you know um but you have what you have and you have presence you know and heart and a willingness to surrender to the mystery that if that is possible but you always have the physical um avenue which is the the body sense so try to try yeah. to get yourself try to get yourself trained to stay with that even in these dynamic situations yeah yeah, that's my only. That's my only response. But I, I feel, I feel for you. You know, these are, these are the the challenging situations of life that you can't spiritually bypass by it's just. Well, oh, there's nothing really happening, and nothing. You know, everything is emptiness. <laughs> sure, yeah, you can experience I mean, that on the mat. Try it when you're in that situation. You know.
5: I I was thinking that uh, a few years ago, I was uh, actually uh, was. Uh, was assaulted uh, in uh, on, the, on the streets from a mentally disturbed person uh, just out of the blue for no uh, apparently reason other than just being too close to him and where he jumped me and actually uh, uh, got hold of and got a strangulation and uh, grip me um fortunately for him I know martial arts so I was able to defend myself but it it uh, hurt me uh, mentally because I want was without any emotional defenses uh, at the time because of other things happening in life. But um, so, and but that, even though that actually uh, made me go on sickly for a year and a half, that was felt like very easy compared to this. This <laughs> is <laughs> something, this is other than warfare, I would say. So, yeah. But yes, as you say, there's no easy answers to this, so it's mostly just me that I'm trying to find a new balance into this and feel it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, Kim. You have anything, Dad?
2: Yeah, I think um, family dynamics are uh, they're fun, fun, aren't they? <laughs> sometimes the yeah. most compassionate you know what sometimes the most compassionate people feel so much from the world and and the people around them and they get hurt you know compassionate people do get hurt very easily because we want to fix and we want to solve we want we want <clears throat> to help and you sound like the sort of person that really wants to be able to solve people's problems and help them and that's such a beautiful place to be and I think with what's playing out with your family just know that there there's nothing to solve for anyone there's there's nothing you can really do but be there for them and be there for yourself which is more important than anything is to be there for yourself and to feel what you need to feel because this really is part of the shadow work, part of the emotion work. And although it's coming from an external place, being your family, (laughs) it really is ultimately the shadow work that you need to be doing to go deeper into yourself. So really just be there for yourself.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes.
5: Yes. Thank you very much.
0: Good luck to you. Thank you. And Thanks. to your parents. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, let's go to Jeannie. There we
4: go. Is that it? Hey. Yeah. Hey, Hello. Angelo. Hey, Kim. Um, Hi. And- Yay. Thank you so much for the treat. It was really wonderful. Um, I had a little bit of confusion that I maybe want a little clarity on. I feel like I've heard you say in the past that if you are wondering if you've had the initial shift, then you probably haven't. And yet there were two or three people that you said that you told during the retreat that they probably had and they didn't seem to be aware of it. So I was wondering, you know, does it even matter if you know if
0: you've had the shift or not, and uh, yeah, sure. Um, it, it may not. It may not matter. <laughs> Depends on you a little bit. Like, what do you? How are you inclined? Because some people aren't inclined to care about that at all. Like whether I've had this or that, or what stage I'm at, or what. Even if some people don't even care what practice they're doing. It's just not about that. It's it's much more of a surrender process. And there are people who wake up and continue to wake up. And that's that's what they do. They don't do anything. They just trust something about this unbinding. Once they know how it feels, and, and they can trust it and they know how to orient to it, they just keep going. And then everything happens rather naturally, they'll have shifts, they'll have all that stuff, but it just happens naturally, they don't really care. So if you're that kind of person, it doesn't actually matter at all. What's the point in thinking about it? Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, yeah, it, it was interesting at retreat, there were a couple of people who were like that. Um. But hopefully, as you saw, as I talked to them on stage, there was very it was very obvious to them that something had changed, had shifted, and it was undeniable to them that it was here and it was the case. Yet they still had some idea that, like, well, shouldn't it be something else? Like someone, so and so said. That's almost always the story. Well, it doesn't sound like what so and so said, Mm -hmm. right? And then I had this in small group at the retreat too with somebody, and they were talking about. They're like, I don't think it happened to me. You know, it's not like so and so said. It's not like, and I said, it's never like someone else said. But then they proceeded to talk about like. The portal's opening up and all this stuff happening and all this. And I'm like, okay, now people are listening to you and they're going to use what you're saying right now to say, well, I haven't had an awakening because what you're describing, a lot of this is just interpretation. It's the way people talk about things. It's the way people describe things. Some people are very demonstrative with everything they talk about. Other people just don't even talk about it because there's nothing to say. So it's so variable in how people will describe what happened and so forth. So it's unreliable to listen to that, I think. The real question is, was there some kind of transformation in identity if you if you really want to know uh, about a specific awakening event or moment or whatever? Was there a significant shift in identity where before that, you definitely took yourself to be something rather different than after? Um, and usually that something is a thought-based self in time that struggles, that feels constant self-doubt, that believes it's in control of everything and it's all through thought and literally just hypnotized by the landscape of thought and then something else opens that's far beyond that and something in the identity just releases and it feels so much more free and there's an obvious ineffable presence all the time it's just undeniable that's usually some, the the gist of what it, what happens with that what i call a first awakening um but even even then it doesn't actually matter whether you've had it or not because the the kind of guidance i give people before Kind of during and after are reasonably the same. It's, you know, feel what's coming up. Right. Notice what's coming up. If you feel fixated in the mind, question it. Question the thought. Question the belief. Otherwise, feel, you know. Um, be here fully with what is. And if surrender makes sense to you, that's the that's the path. The path is really letting this process just deepen itself naturally and clarify itself naturally right here and right now. And remain in the wordless. Remain in the wordless experience. There's not much more to do, right? So I don't know where how that resonates with you or where you stand with all of that.
4: Sounds great. <clears throat> right. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah, I want to hear Kim's take on it, by the way, if she has one.
2: Yeah, I think I'd be more inclined to just um, um, ask you, well, who are you? Hmm do you know no (laughs) you don't know do you know where to look to answer that question no no Mm -hmm. does that mean there is no place to look it seems that way yeah so can you remain in that place where you can't look for anything yeah how long can you stay there and does it go anywhere? Right. Yeah. Does it go anywhere? It's a good question. I don't think so. Yeah. No. See, these are these are really good questions to ask. Is uh, I guess less, more. Have I had an awakening? Right. More of. Well, hang on. Where am I? And who am I? And does do the answers to those questions really matter yeah asking these sort of questions to really go deep into the mind will give you all the all the answers you ever need <laughs> really really they will yeah and less of have i had an awakening right. have i not had an awakening mm-hmm. really questioning who you are deep down inside who are you
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kim. That was right on the money. Um. Let's go to. kate Hello. Hi. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you.
6: How's, um, how long has it
0: been? A couple of weeks. A
6: couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, inter- I mean, f- honestly, I feel my heart beating. I've been feeling my heart beating, like, for, like, the past four questioners because I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I – like, I don't even know what I want to ask, really. uh, There's a few things that – um, well, like, what Jeannie was just talking about totally resonates for me because there's – as I told you at the end of the retreat, like, I have this massive doubt. I'm like, I'm sure I haven't had an awakening for sure. And, like – um, and so <laughs> – and 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 that and it feels important because I'm like well you know I should be working on the on the question of identity um so so that's that's there and this morning I was seeing that also and just kind of like sitting with that and noticing that that's also it's like I'm identified with that story that I'm not awake um and that And that I need to be doing X practice or Y practice, whatever. But like, anyway, and so I just sat there and I started like just experimenting with, okay, I'm going to leave the thought there, I'm not awake. And just see what that feels like in my body. And like, just see what the sensations are. And then the thought, I am awake and nothing changes. There's no difference. Like in the sensation field, there's no difference in, anyways. So that's kind of how I started to work with it intuitively this morning because I feel like that is a really sticky fixation for me. Anyway, so that's that's one thing, um, and the other thing too is like, there's been a lot of drama in my household. With my landlord and anyway a lot of stuff coming up and a lot of just feeling like helpless about the situation feeling like I'm I don't know um a lot of stuff there were really intense emotions the other day and then the next day I was just like just a feeling was just like I don't feel like fighting I don't feel like you know like I could get up in a big huff and like try and go into a, a big thing and like call the rental board and tell them that I'm being bullied like whatever but I'm also like just can't fucking be bothered and I and I and I'm kind of I've been feeling really blasé I think about just life like I don't know if it's existential angst but I just like I don't really see the point in anything but I also don't it's not in a depressive way like there's nothing it's just like I'm just like okay like life is doing what it's doing and I don't I don't know like if I look at all the objective things like I'm single I've been single for you know 10 years or whatever and i like I don't have any animals and I live alone and my family has exploded and blah 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 and like I just don't see any, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel some emotion coming up seeing it now, but like just the, the general feeling has just been like, okay, so like I just feel, yeah, a little bit in a, this weird neutral kind of like blah space. Um, Anyway, I I, I don't really know what I'm asking or what I'm saying, but that's what's happening.
0: I think, you know, those are both good reflections and slightly different, but Kim may want to say something. The first one was a lot along the lines of what we just were talking to someone Mm -hmm. else about.
2: Yeah. what I guess what I hear mostly is helplessness and surrender that seems like what's really happening with you at the moment is life is showing you that you need to surrender. Mm. And I know you've done a lot of work in, in inquiry and emotion work and regardless of an awakening or not, it doesn't matter. But I think what it, what it really comes down to is all these practices serve a purpose and their real, their only real purpose is to wear you down so much that you have no, no choice but to surrender. And along with surrender comes a lot of helplessness. And that sounds like what's going on with you at the moment is life is just saying to you, surrender, surrender, surrender. And it will lead you to where you are now and a place of helplessness. But know that it is right. Know that it is true. Know that it needs to be here. and it will wear you down. Helplessness will wear you down. Inquiry will make you surrender. Life will surrender you in so many different ways, but know that it's okay. It really is okay. And just feel, feel the emotions when when the emotions are coming up and you're feeling helpless. You know what? Feel it right to to the depths, as deep as you can. Yeah. If the thoughts are just spinning around in the mind, just trying to come up with a solution, or I need to do this, or I shouldn't be doing this, or I don't know what to be doing, just know that that is surrender too yeah and it's all there to wear you down to so you ultimately surrender to surrender yourself, shall we say
1: mm. yeah
0: Hey, I don't have much to add because I think that was such a well-tuned-in pointing, and it's it's exactly what I feel in this conversation, and the last one we had, actually. Uh, the only thing I want to add is I pick up a little—sometimes when I talk to you, I pick up a little sense of, like, like, you want to know where you stand somehow. I don't know if it's with realization or the world or people or your own life or whatever— <laughs>
6: But yeah, it's kind of like, I want
0: to know where I stand sort of, and yeah. that's totally normal. I mean, everybody of course has that, of course they do, but I just want you to know, like, um, like a, as a personal message, you don't have to know where you stand anymore. Yeah, You just don't know, have to know that anymore. You can, you can give up that, you can give that over and, yeah. and really just trust life. Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah, I can I can feel that there's that that like wanting to orient, like wanting to know, like, uh, yep. and I can I can feel that starting to 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 go like to wear down. A little
0: good, bit. good. Yeah, yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Adyashanti, like one of my favorite, maybe my favorite contemporary teacher, said multiple times. He said, "My path was a path of surrender. Period. Path of failure, defeat." <laughs> that's saying a lot, you know, I mean, and it's easy for us to hear that and romanticize it, but when you're going through it, it's very grainy, very gritty, very, you know, like, ugh. you know, you're just getting ground down, but that's yeah. also beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yuri. Hi. Hello. Uh.
7: Hi, good to see
0: you. Nice to see you. Where are you messaging us from, or where are you uh, calling in from?
7: Um, Washington, okay. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Um, my heart is broken. The heart was just really, uh, just a wrenching heartache pain. I have been feeling and things have been unfolding as I move on. The other day, um, my husband showed me a picture of us in Hawaii last year, one year ago, and I didn't remember and I didn't recognize that. It, and he said, remember, this is from Hawaii a year ago. I felt this sad it's uh, I didn't recognize that and it seems like my heart is broken because I guess there's a identity dissolving for me happening and I'm afraid there's a belief there's Seems like there's identity of who I was, who I was and dissolving. Seems like abandoning. And I have abandoned people, left people behind entire my life. And now it seems like I am this identity of like stories and who I was. Dissolving. My heart is, it's like this. And I don't know, like, I don't really have question, I guess, I just need to be seen. I don't know, this, it's really overwhelming.
0: yeah we we um through compassion and through our humanness we we kind of live in two worlds at the same time as we're going through this one of them is is the world of this unbinding this orientation to just letting go so much and waking and sort of waking up to the the awakeness that is impersonal and doesn't really have anything to do with stories or narratives on the other hand we're still in one way bound into the the narratives and storylines of people of those people we're close to and people we love and we in one sense we do leave them behind but it's not in the way our minds think about it um well, it, well let me say it this way what we leave behind is the surrogate for them what we leave behind is the distance we leave behind the mental components of that and to the degree that we empathize with other people who still live in that world fully of the narratives and the stories and the history and looking at old pictures and that, um, it is kind of tragic. At the same time, what we're really letting go of is the distance that's created by the mind by turning that person into a set of expectations and beliefs and memories. And what what it does is it releases us to be completely free and present with them actually. But it, the, the, it often takes people a while to adjust to that. I mean, other people. It takes your family a while to adjust to that change and see. It has tremendous benefit, actually, to you and them. But the transition can be quite challenging in certain ways. And just that the, the salient example you gave of the picture was really powerful, actually, because I related so closely to that. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times people will ask me, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And it's just blank. Like, I don't. I don't it doesn't distress me at all anymore, not in the least, because there's either a memory there or there's not. So when it's not there, there's nothing there. and but but the beauty is I can meet them right here. In this moment, I can meet them here. I can meet them physically, emotionally, energetically, here, fully because I can't live in that world anymore. And so there's a beauty to it, but there's also a sort of, um, I don't know, a little sentimentality to the fact that not only do you let go of all of that narrative and stuff, in some sense people have to like go of it around you in regards to you but they, may, they won't want to necessarily so there's a there's a bit of a tragedy there but again everyone really benefits in the end because you it just allows you to be thoroughly present actually so it's it, like so many aspects of this it's a transitional phase you're going through where there's just so much letting go and restructuring of everything um um and it can be quite heartbreaking and deeply emotional. Um, but you're present with these emotions. You were when I met you before and you are now you're, you're clear on the fact that this is just what needs to be experienced and it's okay. You can really trust the process, even with the heartbreak, even with the, you know, that it's can be very confusing to those around us at times. Um, but don't even hold on to that because that can change on a dime too. I've seen so many examples of spouses and partners where one person's waking up and it's freaking the other one out. And then that other person wakes up and they don't have to, but things happen in all these different ways, because this is such a dynamic, unpredictable process, it's rather mysterious. So to the degree that you can also orient to the mystery of it, even in the depth of despair, the mystery that is an emotional experience, the mystery that is this profound experience that's occurring right now, energetically in the body, tears are coming there may be shaking there could all these things that can be happening. And yet there's this, this abject mystery to the whole thing right now. Um, bringing that component in can be helpful as well because the mystery is showing you that you can trust the, um, the instinctual knowing of helplessness. You're not in control of this at all. It's not about you. It's not about anything you ever thought it was about or could, could want it to be about, and, but that's okay. That's totally okay.
7: There's a, There's a, belief, I touch that uh, there's, there's a, I ha- just in my life, I left people, friends, family, pets a lot. And with that, there's a shame. Just I just feel this, this thing, me, like as a person and so just, I just leave people behind and just cause huge void in myself as well as in others people's heart and place now this identity is dissolving and i feel there's there's always been shame and guilt about leaving people behind now this identity there's a belief that that i am i feel like i'm abandoning the who i was and and i feel shame or guilt i don't know it's just part of that it seems like causing the heartache as well too
0: yeah. I mean, it's again, this gets paradoxical. What happens when you leave behind the one that left people behind? You you can, I all, uh, you keep, t- take this to its conclusion. Take this, keep, take this all the way down, and you'll find a place where nothing is ever left behind. It can't, it can't happen. It's impossible. You'll find that much intimacy. But letting go of these parts of ourself that, are often reaction formations to the a fear of the opposite. Maybe we're abandoning others because we're afraid of being abandoned. Maybe we're abandoning others because of the, all kinds of things. When we leave that whole paradigm behind, even if we don't fully even know what it was, we'll find something new um, or ancient, but we'll find something that is that, that that functions so much better than we could even imagine. And you will find a place where nothing is left behind. It may take some time, but you will. That's my answer. <laughs> I feel you too. I feel. I mean, I'd give you a hug if I was there because I know this is heavy stuff to go through, but it's okay.
2: Thank Kim, you. Kim
0: probably has. You're welcome. Kim may have some stuff to say as well.
2: No, I think Angelo sort of touched on everything so beautifully. Um, I think there can be a real fear when our when our identity starts to dissolve it can be very fearful and we can feel like we are leaving everyone abandoning everyone but as angelo rightly pointed out is it does it does come full circle Oops. so when you when you can when you can abandon yourself, leave the ego behind. When you can leave that behind, what will ultimately be replaced is complete presence with the people that you're with. It might feel like you're leaving them, but what's what's happening is this: the ego leaving your idea of those people behind. And that's a good thing. Your idea of your husband or your, your idea of who you should be in the world, leave that behind. It's okay to let it go. You don't need it. It will be replaced with fullness. It will be replaced with (laughs) complete sincerity with the people you are with. And just know it's okay to let it go. It is okay. And it's safe to do so. You are safe. There's a rainbow on the other side of all that. There really is. The letting go of the letting go of ourselves is never easy, because letting go of ourselves is also letting go of everyone else at the same time. But it's okay.
7: Thank
0: you. Thank you for sharing.
7: Thank you. Mm.